0: I want to continue this week. I want to pick up on a scripture that I didn't read that some of you, I think, was worried I was going to read last week. Matthew 25. I want to, I want to begin in Matthew 25. I've been talking about stewardship. It's so easy when we think of stewardship just for our minds to immediately go to finances and money and say, oh, the preacher wants to talk about money. But I think there's so much more, (laughs) there's so much more to stewardship than money. The uh, number one thing God has given us to steward is our lives. And uh, when you look at Matthew 25, it begins, the passage begins with the wise and foolish virgins. And then verse 14, it goes into um, the parable of the talents. And that's where we're going to, we're going to jump off. In in verse 14, but then in verse 31, which we'll, um, we'll not go into that, but it talks about the nations being judged, the sheep and the goat nations. So I shared last week, in the context of Matthew chapter 25, what we see here is Jesus making contrast between the believer and the unbeliever. Are you with me? You see it in the virgins, the parable of the 10 virgins, every one of them had a vessel, but only five of them the wise and had their vessels filled. In the talents, there were two that did something with the talents. There was one that did not. And, uh, and then we see the separation of the sheep and the goats, which talks about the, the sheep nation being those who were born into the kingdom and the goat, those who have rejected him. So I want to just lay that again because I want to jump in at verse 14. And we're going to read through a few passages here. Verse 14: For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. verse 22 he also had received he who also had received two talents came and said lord you delivered to me two talents look i have gained two more talents beside them his lord answered his lord said to him well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful over a few things i will make you ruler over many enter into the joy of the lord of your lord then he who had received the one one talent came and said lord i knew you to be a hard man reaping where you had not sown And gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there. he. I'm sorry. Look there. You have what is yours. Verse 26. But the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents where everyone who has more will be given, and he he who he will have abundance. I'm sorry, but from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus is teaching this uh, this parable, this story. He's com- talking about the talents. So I want to. I want to say something here because many times people will attribute this as there's a parallel to this, our Lord, and us being servants of our Lord. But this is not talking about him himself being because he said, I understood, the servant said, I understood you to be a hard master who reaps where you don't sow. So the key to that is this. I said Psalms 24 last week. Psalms 1 says, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. So there's nothing sown that doesn't already belong to him. Colossians says that in him, everything has its being. It begins with him. It ends with him. There's nothing apart from him. Are you with me? Romans, we shared Romans last week out of the Passion Translation. It says, who's given anything to God uh, first where God would owe him something? I think it's uh, verse 35, 835. No one. So here, Jesus, I want to uh, establish from the beginning This is talking about the parable that is talking about our bodies as a life that we have to offer a good God, not a hard God, a good God who loves us so much that he was willing to lay his life down for us that we could have life. But I want to go back up in verse 20. He said, so he received the five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you've delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. Verse 21. Verse 21. He said to him, this, I think this is the message the Lord wants us to get. It's so easy to get caught up on the guy who had one who did nothing with it. But I believe the Lord wants us to see for those who will take what they have, the little that they have and say, God, I'll use what you've given me. And that's what's so beautiful. It was what he had given him. He didn't say, go do something, just work it up. And I'm going to require of you something you don't have. He said, here, I give you something. I'm going to give you something. Now I want you to steward what I'm giving you. And when I come back, I want to see what you do with it. So he had five talents. He gained five more. We don't know exactly what this is. Some commentaries I read said it could have been 5,000 gold coins. That's amazing. But that's trust. But whether it was five or one, he was entrusting them with something that wasn't theirs. And said, what I want you to do is go use it. Not bury it. Go use it. But look at verse 21. This is the heart of Jesus that he wants us to see. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You will faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So what is he saying? As we yield our talents to him, he said, what I want to do is take the little that you have, I want to multiply it, and you will enter into the joy of the Lord. You will have joy in serving if you'll yield back to God what he's given you. If we'll steward what God has placed in us, he said, my desire is this. His Lord said, well done, good and faithful. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. So what is God's heart here? God's heart is increase. In every area of our lives, God's heart for us is increase. Now, if, if I wanted to get in a ditch, I could get over into finances and talk about give, 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 so you can get, get, get. And I told you I had a spirit of that. I had a spirit of get, not a spirit of a father. Well, where I was, anyway, it's easy to get in a ditch and say, well, the Bible says giving to be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over Luke. It's there. It's truth. And in the context, he's talking about forgiveness also. But he says, you'll never outgive God. But the heart of God is not just so you give, so you get. The heart of God is give so I can add increase so that you have more to give. He says, I give seed to the sower. So that's every area of our lives. That's stewarding the seed that he's given us, not shoving it in our mouth, but stewarding the seed that he's given us. And that's the gifts and the talents that he's placed in our lives. But his heart, as you see right here, and I think if we can get hold of this in stewardship, in every area of our lives, that God's not trying to get from us, he's trying to get to us. And as he gets to us, he'll get through us. So if that can be faithfulness, you know, I I can remember when Josh was pressing into getting prophetic words for people. I, I remember he was really, he was studying it and he was pursuing it and he was taking risk. He was stepping out, just being faithful what he had. And he was being faithful to step out in it. And the more that he stepped out, the clearer they got to where he could walk up to someone in the mall. He had never met before and tell them their occupation, tell them what was going on and, and everything like that. You know why? Cause he stewarded it. But see I think it was, I heard Joyce Meyer say this one time before. She said, people say all the time, they want the anointing or the gift that's on my life. And I say, are you willing to pay the price to get it? What is the price? Do we have to work for it? No, the price is stewardship. It's faithfully stewarding what he's placed in our hands. It's not doing to get, it's doing from what's been placed within. Does that make sense? So God has placed much on the inside of us. And and this parable, as I went back and read over it this week. As you read on down to verse 29, uh, he he deals with the one who, who, all right, I'll slow down. Verse 21, 29. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have what? Abundance. So this is, if you have a Bible with red writing, this is in red, right? So that's Jesus speaking. So what is Jesus is saying? If we steward what he's given us, not what we have to work up, excuse me, remember, he gave the servants, he gave them the talents, correct? And he said, you just occupy, you steward while I'm gone. So they stewarded what he had given, and here's his heart, for to everyone who has, more will be given. So and when we give out, when we serve as unto the Lord, not unto men, and we're, we're going to look at that a little bit as well. When we serve as unto the Lord and not unto men, are we going to give ourselves out? No. But when we serve unto men instead of unto the Lord, you can burn yourself out. So what are you saying? If, we, if you're serving for identity, you'll burn out. If you're serving from identity, you'll burn up. You'll catch fire for him, and people will want to see what's going on in your life because you're burning from identity, not for identity. I see it all the time, and and it's, it's sad, but the church created that type of culture. The institution, the church, not the body of Christ, the church. The institution, the church, because we have, you know, gifted people, and we put gifted people in a place without establishing them in identity before we use their gifting, and then what happens is they start living from their gifting instead of their identity. And then they give out of their gifting, and then someone else who comes along who's gifted in the same place, they either lose their identity or they get offended because someone else can do what they do, and they they don't feel worth anymore. Because it all goes back to they're, they're owning their gift instead of stewarding it. They're wanting identity because this is what I do instead of this is who he's created me to be. And because he loves me, he's given me gifts. Ephesians is clear. And we've shared it for some time now. It will not get done in the day that we live in without the body functioning like it's supposed to as a body. Without every part doing its part. Not just me being the mouthpiece. But every part doing its part, everyone stewarding what God's placed on the inside of them, in the home place, in the marketplace, in the church, in community, as we begin to steward what God's placed on the inside of us. And again, stewardship means I acknowledge that I don't own it, it's His. This life, starting with Romans 12, 1 and 2, it's a bedrock passage in my life, is that This body is a living sacrifice. Why? Because Corinthians says he bought it with a price. Therefore, I should glorify God in my spirit and in my body, which are his. He bought them with a price. The thing that's not mentioned there is your soul, your mind, will, and emotion. That's what we get to steward. And the more uh, efficiently we steward our soul, our mind, will, and emotions is how much we allow the kingdom of heaven to come out of our spirit and affect the world that we live in. Because our soul, it's the gate, if you will, to the realities of the kingdom being released into the world we live in. And as we acknowledge that, man, I get to steward what God has placed on the inside of me. And what I get to be faithful with is what he's given me. If it's the five talents, if it's the two talents, if it's the one talent, I'm going to take this one and I'm going to work it till I can't work it anymore. That's a heart of stewardship, a heart of service unto the Lord, not unto men. And as we do, he said this. He said, for everyone who has, some will get more. Oh, (laughs) hear me out. He's so good. So he gives gifts, right? He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And now what does the scripture say? So when Jesus came out of the grave, he led captivity captive, and he says he gave gifts unto men. Let me read it to you. It's it's uh, Ephesians chapter 4. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. That's not my word, that's his word. So when Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, he said when he came out, he gave gifts unto men. So we have a gift. Look at your neighbor. Say, "Neighbor, neighbor, you have a gift. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He said here in verse 29, back to verse 29, for to everyone who has more will be given. So do you have gifts? Yes. Yes. Thank you. So if you have gifts, will more be given to you? Yes. yes, that's his word, not my word. Now, do we go after gifts? No, we go after him. We steward what he's given. Out. And see, this is so easy, especially in a charismatic culture. And Paul said this. He said, earnestly covet, desire gifts, spiritual gifts. Okay, he said to do that, but that's not in the context of what I chase is gifts. What I chase is him and a revelation of who he is, and then those gifts are released in my life. Right. The gifts are ours, and they were, they're for us. And I believe that some people operate in certain gifts. I believe that some people, and we'll talk about that in 1 Corinthians. It talks about the gifts. I, I, but I believe any believer can operate in the gifts of the Spirit, in any of them. As needed, as they're sensitive to steward what they have. Because as we steward what we have, it makes room for more. What does he say? More will be given, and he will have what? Abundance. You know, I can tie this to Ephesians 4, where Ephesians 4, uh, Ephesians, not 4, Ephesians uh, He's able to exceed, is it 320? He's able to exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works within us. That can be tied right here because as we steward the gift that's in us, right? Yes, that's right, Todd. As we steward the gift that's in us, he'll do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the what? The power that's at work where? Where? on the inside of us. So he said here, to him who has, for everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. So again, a bedrock thing, truth that we have to believe about stewardship is this, is that God is an abundant God. He's El Shaddai. So every area, okay, please don't get drawn over into money right now. We'll talk about that later. But I'm talking right now about stewardship as a whole, our lives being stewarded before the Lord. He said, I'm giving you something. Now, what I want you to do is work with what I've given you. You're not accountable to work with what you haven't been given, but you are accountable. With the guy with the two, he didn't say if you would have gathered 10 and you would have gained 10, I'd have been proud of you. But you only got two more. So just get out of here. That's not what he said. Did you notice that the guy that had two and gained two got the exact same response that the guy who had five and gained five more? There's quite a substantial difference between, if it, if it is 5,000 pieces of gold, there's a, quite a substantial difference between 10,000 pieces of gold and four. The second guy, with, when he brought his return in, it wasn't even as much as the first guy started with. So he's not talking about quantity, are you with me? He's talking about steward, faithfully stewarding what he's placed in our lives. The gifts, the callings, the talents. You know, there are some people that are just naturally gifted in certain areas. Uh, if it's in communicating, if it's in, if it's in sales, that's a gift from the Lord. It might not be one of the nine gifts of the Spirit, but it's a gift of the Lord that he's given you to communicate well with people. And as you steward that gift, as you hone that gift, then God can add increase to that gift. Every area. See, that's this isn't just in the church house. It's in the, it's in the workplace. It's everywhere as we steward what God has placed on the inside of us. So when we go out into the marketplace, we don't go out, well, I've got to go minister. No, what we say is, I get to go steward what God's placed on the inside of me. So if I go to... To Walmart, and, and the Lord prompts on my heart to say something to someone, he's not expecting me to say the same thing that Ben would say, who, who is van- an evangelist and very gifted in it. Ben may re- approach it totally different than I approach it, but what I'm faithful, what I'm accountable for is how I steward what's on the inside of me. So, no one is exempt. So, if you're just born into the kingdom, What you can share is who Jesus is to you right now. That's what you're accountable for. Who is Jesus to you right now? He said, to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. That's the heart of God towards us, that as we steward what he's placed on the inside of us, he said, as you steward that, I'm going to give it in abundance. Now, look, here's a a practical way of steward. I think I mentioned this or alluded to it last week. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 All right, for those who don't love Jesus, you're gonna think I'm meddling. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I wake people up. <laughs> Nobody caught that one right over there. Ephesians three verse eighteen. Colossians. I'm sorry. Thank you, honey. I'll make sure you're awake. There's some good stuff in Ephesians three too, but Colossians chapter three verse eighteen. Wives, submit to your husbands, <laughs> as is fitting in the Lord. Honey, I'm glad you brought me back to Colossians. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. 20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God verse 23 And whatever you do do it heartily as to the Lord not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of his and of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ So stewardship It affects every area of our lives. It affects our homes. Here, he tells us what it should look like if we're gonna steward well what he's placed on the inside of us. Wives, submit to your own husbands as fitting to the Lord. Husband, love your wives. And I I heard a preacher say one time, he said, husband, if you love your wives like Christ loved the church, you won't have a problem with A woman won't have a problem submitting to a, a a lover that'll lay their lives down for them. Because see, if I love my wife like Christ loves the church, I won't do it for selfish gain." I won't do it out of lust. I'll do it out of love. I think I've shared it here, but I share it with any couple that I counsel with for marriage. I tell them, I say, most people fall in lust and understand what love is. <laughs> That's kind of what they do. They get quiet. Because lust says this. Lust says, what can you do for me? Love says, what can I do for you? Love gives. So when we fall in love with someone, we don't fall in love with them just because we know they can fix or fit a place that we have empty in our lives. When we really understand to love like Christ loved, Christ didn't come. He came to give so that we could be whole, not take so that he could get what he wanted. And a lot of people when they enter into relationship, what they enter into is, I'm coming into this relationship because there's something you can do, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be financial, I'm coming into this relationship because there's something you can do that's going to make me better. Now, is it wrong to get better when you come together? Absolutely not. That's, that's good. That's a natural effect of the two becoming one. You, you'll be better together than you ever were apart. But your desire should be, for my desire for Tina is I want her to be the best Tina she can be. I'm thankful for who she is and what she does, how that we are different, how that we complement one another, how we encourage one another and strengthen one another. But true love gives. The heart of the father, for God so loved, he gave. True love gives. Husbands, love your wives. If we love like Christ did, where we go, you know what, I can put aside my selfish ambition or my wont at this time and say, God, what's going to be best for her? Amen. And, that'll, and he said, you know why he said that don't be bitter toward them? Because there are going to be times. Jimmy Evans says this, men, you can't always be right and be happy. It's not going to happen. You're not always going to be right and be happy. <laughs> That's a fact, Jack. But he said, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, don't provoke your children lest they become discouraged. You know where that's easy to do? I'm talking about stewarding, all right? I'm not meddling. I'm talking about stewarding. Where we steward that in our home, if we have a kid that's natured like we are, it's real easy to discourage them because, by God, we're going to break them because I'm the boss. And I'm not saying you don't discipline them. What I'm saying is this. He says you don't be contentious with them because they'll become discouraged. And I had to realize that in my home as Brianna was growing up. She was natured a lot like me. She's like her mama inside out. But she's natured a lot like me as far as she's competitive. <laughs> Tina, <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> Tina enjoys winning, but it's not a thing. It's not like her life falls apart if she doesn't. And I'm not saying mine does either, but <laughs> I sure don't like to lose. Sure, and Brianna was that way. So I noticed that when we would deal in conflict with her, that she was a lot like me in that area. So I had to be, I had to understand that I can do things just to enforce my will without sharing her and showing her the love of the Father. And what I would do is I would discourage her because it wasn't teaching her who she is, it was making her be who I wanted her to be. And he says, bond servants, obey at all things your masters, listen to this, your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. So what is he saying? This is where it gets tight, real tight. He said, when you servant, so let's say your job, he said, don't just do good, When the boss is looking, Ben, quit looking at Luis. (laughs) Luis works for Ben. (laughs) He just happened to be sitting right behind him don't, he said, don't do it as unto I service. So what does he say? And he said, is you do it as unto the Lord. So when we're serving as unto the Lord, when we're stewarding our jobs as unto the Lord, he said, what is his heart for us? Did it say in verse 29, him who has more will be given and he will have it in abundance. Come on, that's the heart of God. So that works in the workplace, that works in the home, wherever, whatever uh, God is, where he's placed you and said, I've given you the right and the authority to steward in this area. He said, as we steward is unto God and not unto men, he said, I'll give you increase. You don't have to toot your horn. You serve as unto the Lord. And he said this, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance from who? Now, you might say, well, I've been working this job for this many years, and I've been doing it as unto the Lord, and I don't have anything to show for it. They just treat me like this and treat me like... Be careful lest you let a root of bitterness come in. <laughs> wow. Because, see, we can start as unto the Lord, and then when we don't see that we don't get the dissatisfaction or the, notific- the uh, gratification, and we don't get noticed like we think that we should, it's real easy that soul that we have the privilege of stewarding that we don't steward it real well. And we'll let other people tell us how they should be doing for us more than what they're doing. And you know what? We just get in the boat with them. If they really loved you, they'd do this for you. If they really loved you, they'd do that for you. But we have the privilege to steward what he's placed in our hands, wherever that be, whether that be Uh, our job, our home, our church, when we do it, he said, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve, who do you serve? You serve the Lord Christ. You serve the Lord who is the anointed one. And it's he, the anointed one, the Christ, that we've been made one with when we get born again. So inside of us, it's the power to excel and to come to the top, to rise to the top in every situation and every circumstance. I believe that he, he gives wisdom. He said, James, if any lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. He's not, he's not partial to who he gives it to. When we ask, he'll give us wisdom that uh, we can operate and function. I, I believe as we steward well, what God's placed in our hand. He'll give you creative ideas about where you are. He'll give you creativity about how what you're doing could be done better, not in an arrogant way, but in a way that would make it better for the company, make it better for you, and then where you can see a, uh, increase, it, even if it's in productivity, if it's in peace, because you're not struggling to do what you were doing. But the key to that is stewarding what we have. The, the, the one with the five, the one with the two, what they had is what they were accountable for. Do you get that? So what you have right now is what you're accountable for. You may say, "Oh, well, I've had the same thing for years and years and years." Well you said it. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's what the Lord has been saying to me. And every area of my life, He said, "How are you stewarding in this area? How are you stewarding in relationships? How are you stewarding in this relationship? How are you stewarding in the church? How are you stewarding in your marriage? What are you doing with what I've placed on the inside of you? Above all, he's given us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. And 1 Corinthians 13 says that love, what? It never fails. Love never fails. That's pretty awesome right there. Love never fails. So, in stewarding that, uh, just some practical things that... uh, we as a church are, wanting, are going to steward more effectively. Uh, one thing that today before we leave, I want us to pray over Mel. Mel's going to school. We're shipping her off to uh, California for two weeks to go to worship you and uh, to steward the gift that's on the inside of her because there's no question that God's placed a supernatural gift on the inside of her in leading worship. And uh, she'll be there for two weeks. You know, and she asked me the other week, she sent me her uh, registration, her uh, what is it, itinerary of all the classes she's taken. She said, you didn't respond back. Did you look? I said, I just kept scrolling. I, for- I didn't even register that she going to be there two weeks. And she'll go to school during the day every day. And uh, so I started looking through them. And it's just amazing the stuff that God's going to be pouring into her. You know what that is? That's stewarding. That's stewarding. So why is that important to us? We wanted to send mail out there because we don't believe this is where God has us to stay. Not that there's anything wrong with small beginnings. He said, don't despise small beginnings. But he said, as you're faithful in the little, I'll make you ruler over much. So as we steward well what God has placed on the inside of us, God says, that makes room for increase. Because my heart towards you is increase. In every area, you need to know, if you don't hear anything else I'm saying today, when you leave, you need to know that God's heart for you is increase. So we don't have to beg God for increase. All we have to do is steward what he's placed in us. And that stewardship brings room, makes room for increase, right? Uh, and I, I'm telling you, this is the stuff the Lord has just encouraged my heart with because it's so easy to go, man, how can, what do we need to do here? What do we need to do here? And he said, steward, what I've given you. So one of the things that we're doing with that is we're sending mail to uh, Worship U University for two weeks to, to develop and strengthen the gift that's on the inside of her. Because one of the things that we're going to do here in the future is we're going to have a school of worship here. It's been prophesied over me several times that this church would have a school And I pray into that. I just want you to know, when people give me a prophetic word, what I do is I pray into it. I don't try to bring it to pass. I try to steward it faithfully by saying, all right, God, here's what you said. I want to keep it before me. I want to pray into it and see what you're going to do, because I don't have to make it happen if it's his idea. I just have to be faithful to walk out in obedience what he says to do. And uh, so several times it's been prophesied over me about we would have a school and uh, the last was just this last, it was a, I don't remember. Josh, when did you speak? Was it in January? or Was it after you went or before you went? I can't remember. Huh? February, it was when you came back, wasn't it? Or it was after you came back from England. And uh, But the, it was spoken The guy I'd never seen before in my life. He said, I see you and I see a school. I see rooms, a school of arts. And I just worshiped, so it was... So God, so here's the thing. As I continue to pray into that, God, is it going to be, what is it going to be, a school of the spirit? Is it going to be, what kind of school is it going to be? As I just prayed into it, God begins to bring clarity through other prophetic words. So I believe it'll be a, a school of worship and the arts, and God's raising up people to do it because that's not me. That's not me. I don't have to be it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So God is, there's gifts in the body There's administrators in the body. There's gifts in the body that can steward that as he makes as we steward what he's given us. That it'll make room for those to rise up to steward what he's giving. Does that make sense? If we steward what he has given, then he'll raise up those to steward what he is giving. So that's good. So Mel's going, and because in our heart we're gonna we know that there's going to be a school, and as we prayed into it, one of the things that we really feel is it'll be a school of worship because we are. If you know our values, our core values, the first one that we talk about is worship because it's who we are. Uh, we are. We have a culture of worship that is a priority to us. That's fine. We don't do two songs and a hymn. We just follow the Lord, and we just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying in worship? So we're going to have a school of worship. We're excited about uh, male. One thing that's exciting that we just found out... Um, for those who haven't been here in the past year, there's a couple of times we were blocked out of our parking lot. And uh, I love technology, and I really do try to be prepared with technology. But sometimes technology just is not my friend. And today is one of those days, because I had aerial shots of the property that we're on, and I couldn't... I it, The memory key wouldn't... I tolerate PC. I love Apple. I'll just... <laughs> I'll just say that right now, not to be offensive. I was PC for a long time and got free, and now I'm an Apple guy, and uh, I couldn't get it to upload. But anyway, sorry about that, squirrel. We The property that we're on that we're leasing right now is pretty much this row of parking lots, this side of the parking lot to the trash can you see in the grass over to this corner of the building, up to the front. That was all the property that this church, that, that we were leasing. So we were landlocked, is an underestimate, under-exaggerating under what we were. Uh, there wasn't, that that side of the parking lot doesn't even belong to this property. But uh, through a series of events and a lot of prayer, the owner of this building that we leased from is in the process of purchasing that property and ended up getting at half of what the guy was demanding. So that was supernatural. That's important because if if we feel that the Lord has us here, then we don't want to accrue a large debt just because somebody was indignant toward another person. So even as they were praying about the whole process of this, we were praying, and God give them a reasonable price for it. So he got the property for half of what it was expected, which is amazing. It was still probably a little more than what it should be, but it's not unreasonable. That, that's important because as we desire to grow and make room, then there's plenty of room to do that back this way now. There's room for parking lot. There's room for building. Uh, and in the near future, we're going to have that layout. We're going to print it out and have it out where you can see it. And uh, just a, just an idea of what we may do. It's not in concrete. We're not going to a, an engineer just yet and saying, hey, here's what we want and draw up all the plans That's about $10,000 we don't need to spend on something just yet, but we can vision cast and say, here's an idea of what we want to do. Because what I would love is this building right here, not to be torn down, but this to be a youth auditorium. I would love that, that that this could be used for youth. It could be used as multifunction and things like that. And it's not all about building, but it's about stewarding what God's given us. And so that's one area. In our community, one thing that we want to do is steward our community. We feel from the beginning, I felt that the Lord had called us to Gibsonville. And we've been decent at making uh, ourselves known, but not necessarily making a footprint. And uh, we haven't stewarded that like we need to steward it. And one of the things that came out over the past few weeks as I've been praying into that is there's two other pastors that I'm really close with. Bruce Ritter, who's at Christian Life Assembly, and Bill Zima, who's at Freedon's Lutheran Church. And uh, God's kind of knit our hearts together. We pray together every week. And uh, when we were looking at this place, it was so cool. When we, were, we weren't even looking at this place. Let me just tell you the, the reality of it. We were praying, God, are we supposed to be in Gibsonville? And uh, Tish asked the question, well, we got to know where we're supposed to be before we can pray for God to give us a place. Because we were outgrowing the theater that we were in. And um, so as we prayed into that, she said, you got to know where we're supposed to be. I said, we're supposed to be in Gibsonville. That week, the people who were leasing this building contacted me and said, hey, would you like some of our stuff? We're, there was a ministry just absolved. They just did away with the ministry. The pastor took a, pastor, he took a job as a professor at a college, and there were, they were only about uh, 15 or 20 people here, so they just um, absolved, dissolved the ministry. And... Catherine was working for the guy that was on the leadership team here. Short story. He said, hey, come look at some of our stuff. So I came to look if there was things that we need. And I said, what about the building? He said, oh, would you be interested in the building? I said, oh, yeah. (laughs) He said, well, what if we talk to the landlord for you, and we'll just leave the stuff here? We'll leave the nursery stuff. We'll leave chairs here. We'll leave those things here, and we're just going to go. So the Lord worked all that out that we were here the short story getting shorter, <laughs> Bruce Ritter, my friend, he, he's on 100 also. This is 100 coming out of Elon. It's the road. It's called Burlington Avenue, but the highway is 100. He's at the other end of 100 where it comes out of, uh, off of 70, into, out of Witsit into Gibsonville. He said, I believe God's going to give you that building. This is when I just told him, I said, look, we just went and talked to the guy. I don't know anything, and we don't know... Uh, anything just yet. He said, I believe God's going to give you the building because you're going to be at one gate of the city and we're going to be at the other. And then what's so amazing is the Lord gave a word. As this was so cool. I was talking to Bruce the other week, and I said the Lord gave another word about, uh, to Bruce about increase coming to his church, this church, and Bill's church as we steward. And so Bruce said, so what you're saying is, you moving forward has a lot to do with words I got. So I better be good. I better be right. I said, no, that's not what I'm saying. I said, but it, I hope you're right. No, I didn't. But what I, as I prayed into that, when you look at it, Bill's a Lutheran pastor. He's on 61, which comes into Gibsonville. The, th- the two highways, 100 and 61, that come into Gibsonville, the three churches that I'm talking about are sitting on those two highways. Coincidental? I don't think so. And it's, like a, it's we're like a triangle over Gibsonville. I think that's the Lord. And so I, uh, I talked with them. We were in our last leadership meeting, and Tish said, well, if we feel like the Lord's put us, those three churches together, then we should do something. So I mentioned that two weeks ago to Bruce. This past week at prayer, Bruce came to me, and he said, hey, I've got an idea. He said, I've got to call in. He said, we were going to do it just as a church, but I think it would be good that we as the three churches did it together And so what we're going to do, I'll have a list next week. We talked about this a couple years ago, and it didn't work. He said, I'll have a list this coming up week, and we're going to go together as three churches and get school supplies for the teachers at Gibsonville Elementary School. Because one of the things I said is I want us to have a practical footprint, not just a spiritual footprint. I want people to go, man, those churches, they care. So we're going to have a list. You know, everyone at, uh, that goes back to school, they have the list that the kids need. Then they said, if you can, buy this and this and this for the teachers. Uh, that's what, he's, that's what it's, it's talking about. So we're going to go together, and we're going to do that just to bless the teachers so that it's not something they have to worry about. But that's a practical. There's more stuff that we're going to be doing that we're, we're talking about. And it's so amazing. God, God will stretch you. That's all I'm going to say right now. But as we brainstormed about how we could have a practical, because we've done nights of worship before. Last year we did several where we would set up at the depot and we would just worship. And that's important. I believe there's something that's released. There's something that takes place when you do that in the spirit realm. Is that we release the kingdom of heaven and it makes a change and it makes a difference. I believe that. But I also believe that for so long the church has been shut up saying, y'all come in. Instead of going out and having a practical footprint in the community they're in. So we want to do that. And there's some other things that uh, we're going to do, both practical and spiritual. So just pray into that. And the other thing that we steward in that is our culture. You know, we can pray for a culture shift. We can pray about America and the shape it's in and, and things like that. But you, you know who shifts a culture? We do when we function in, from another culture. When we operate outside of this culture that's been enforced upon people, and it begins with our kids, and that's why I read earlier in Colossians where he said about dads, don't provoke your kids and discourage them. As we train up a generation of what a kingdom culture looks like, it'll begin to shift, but we don't just wait. Well, we have to wait for 20 years so the shift can take place. No, I believe we can shift it right now as we start operating from another kingdom. As we steward the culture that God's placed in us from heaven to earth, our gifts shape and we steward what God has placed. So those are things that we want to steward better, our church, our community, and our culture. And, and I just want to touch on this. Uh, Luke chapter 16. Yeah, keep your finger there. Let's, I'm going to go. First Corinthians. We talked about the gifts uh, a little bit. First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 4 says, There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7 But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to, re- to each one for the profit of all. So, the gift that God's placed in you is for the profit of who? All. It's not just for you. It's not so you can feel warm and fuzzy, so you can feel good when you operate in that gift. The gift that's been placed on the inside of you is for the profit of all. So what is he saying? As I flow, as I steward in the gift that he's given me, who, all, who profits? All. That's why I said to reach this community, to steward this church, the way that God has called us to do it, it takes all. We all have to be steward in what God's placed on the inside of us. Just as your body has to function as a whole unit not individually doing its own thing. It has to function as a whole unit. That shows the importance of every person. So think about that. Just look, look at me for a moment. And know that every one of you have a part. That you have a part. That your part is important. You say, well, I'm just a teenager. I'm just this. Now, God didn't say that. Matter of fact, he told Timothy, don't let anyone despise your youth. So every part, every gift, God says, I've given those increase. I've given those for the profit of all. For one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kind of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For, one by, for by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free. And I've all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So Luke 16, and I'll, I'll uh, close. This is the, uh, a parable in Luke 16 about the unjust steward who, uh, when the master came and he saw that he had been unjust in his dealings, and he went out and he said, hey, you owe this much, write it for half. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can read it in Luke 16. But he came to verse 9, he said this, and I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, That when you fail or come short, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust what true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? So, in context here, he's talking about money. And he said, if you're not faithful with unrighteous mammon, if you're not faithful with money, what makes you think you're gonna be faithful with true riches? So what is, he, what is he doing? He's making a distinction. Money's not true riches. True riches is his gifts on the inside of us that we flow in and we function in as unto him and not unto men. See, that's important because no matter where you're serving or stewarding, whether it be in the workplace or in the church, you're not doing it as unto Tina and I or unto the, the ministry leader that you serve under. As you, if you're doing it as unto the Lord, you won't cut corners and you won't get lazy. You'll do it as unto the Lord. You won't say, well, I got to go do this or I got to go do that. I, I, Papa John, who's with Jesus now, Papa John Kellogg, he used to say all the time, I'd say, well, I got to go do this. I would visit with him. I'd say, I got to do this. He said, no, Todd. You don't, you don't have to, you get to. That's right. You're right, Papa John. I don't have to, I get to. And he was adamant about it. Anytime I'd say, well, I've got to go do this, he'd say, no. I'd say, I know, I don't have to, I get to. And that's so true. If we have that mentality that, man, I get to steward what God has placed on the inside of me. And he said this, if you're faithful in the least, which is money, which is mammon, he said, that you'll be faithful in the much, but see, it's all about stewardship. It's all about stewarding our, our life, our love, our time, our words. How are we stewarding what God has placed in our hands? Because as we saw, as we began, he didn't ask an account of what someone else did. He asked an account of what they did. And when they brought increase with what was given to them, he celebrated them and said, more is going to be given to you. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Now, I think, I, listen to me, and I, I'm closing. I think heaven is going to be amazing. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, amazing. I can talk about heaven for a long time. No sin, no sickness, no separation, all of those good things, no poverty, no, none of those. Th- I can talk about all that. But I don't think the joy of the Lord is just reserved for heaven. He said, on earth as it is. In heaven, And he said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. So if there's joy, everlasting, peace, love, joy, provision in heaven, then that which is in heaven has been deposited on the inside of me through the spirit of the living God. And I have the privilege to steward that here on this earth. And the more that I'm faithful in stewarding it, the revelation that I have, the more that's given to me. Amen. So we have the awesome opportunity to steward whatever God's placed in our hands. If it's finances, if it's our jobs, if it's our uh, the church, He's given us opportunity to steward, and we can we can pray and beg and ask for increase. And in God's saying, "What are you doing with what's in your hand? How are you stewarding what I've given you?" So I want us to be conscious. I don't want us to be condemned. I want us to be conscious that God's put something on the inside of us and we get to steward it for his honor and his glory. And as we do, what is his, what is his heart? I said, I want you to forget this. Increase. His heart for you is increase that you would abound in what he's placed on the inside of you.